You're listening to Chattercast, a window into the world of employer brands, people comms, talent management, creative with wow and what we're having for tea tonight. Welcome to episode one of Chattercast. I'm Saskia, account exec at Chatter, an award-winning employer brand agency. Today we're podcasting from the Chatterbox. Yes, that really is what our meeting room is called. With March being the month of International Women's Day, we thought it would be a great idea to check in with some of the inspirational women here at Chatter and find out how they've made a roaring success of their careers without actually going to university. Let's hear from them now. So this is our first ever Chatter podcast and today we're talking to Shirley, Lisa and Saskia who all started their careers um, straight from school doing either an apprenticeship or a training programme and we're really interested to understand how things have changed over time and how their careers have benefited from going down that route. Um, So over to you guys, Um, if you could just all introduce yourselves and tell us what role you do, how old you are and what your initial career path was. Nobody told me I had to tell everybody how old I was. <laughs> it can be rough. Okay, fine. Um, I'm Lisa, I'm one of the partners at Chatter, and um, I am 47 year old. I'm Shirley, I'm the wrong side of 60, and I work for Chatter. I'm Sass, I'm 22, I'm an account exec at Chatter, and I joined the business when I was 18. So... Just each of you, it would be really interesting to understand why you chose to go straight into a working role rather than going on to further or higher education. Um, Sass, yours is the most recent experience, so what made you choose an apprenticeship? Um, I think for me, I didn't, have, I didn't have that real drive to go to uni, particularly. I kind of always saw it as the place you'd go if you wanted to become a doctor or you know somewhere where you kind of really needed that kind of degree to progress in your career. Um, very much when I was at college it was it was the big thing you were it was encouraged to go to uni I did actually get a conditional offer at Leeds Beckett to do a degree in marketing um but I kind of took it upon myself to do some research into apprenticeships and what was out there and yeah basically kind of looked into it and really liked the idea of earning whilst learning but then also just jumping right into the world of work and gaining loads of experience that I thought I could get. And I guess, Shirley, it's probably changed a lot since you started work. <laughs> um, but yeah, what, what, was it, what was it like when you were leaving school? What were the options available to you? Well, I left school at 15 and there, were, there was the university options if you wanted to be a doctor or anything like uh, an accountant. But I wanted to go into work and I did the training, i.e. The, I wanted to be a contometer operator. So I got a degree while I was working and earning money. So I advanced from there and then when the computers came in, I went to be a systems uh, analyst back in the 70s and it's just progressed from there. So, and now I've retired, I thought I'd come and do two days a week because I don't want my brain to go. Go to wash. (laughs) (laughs) So that's it really, you know, I just advanced from, uh, there wasn't much opportunity for girls in the 60s it was a man's world and then when it got to the early 70s they said that they changed the wages so everybody were on the same wage but it didn't work that way because the men were on the higher grades as as the women were on the lower grades but we got the same wage for the job but albeit on different grades 
But it's a lot better now. The world's changed and for the better, I believe. And Lisa, obviously, it was a bit different for you. Was it a YTS you started with? Well, yeah, and because my mum's in the room now, I can say this quite openly. So I, um, I did really badly at school. Um, I went out too much and I didn't spend a lot of time at school. And so when I decided I wanted to go and do A-levels after doing so badly at my GCSEs, my mum told me no, that that wasn't the route I was going to go down and I needed to earn some money because clearly academic life wasn't for me. Um, <laughs> And actually, it was my mum who spotted an advert in the local paper in the in the TNA, the TNA, and it was a um, it was underwritten by the Chartered Institute of Marketing, and it was a, a foundation course in communications, advertising, and marketing. And it was YTS, so I think it was like thirty pound a week. Um, and you went to college two days a week. I went to Trinity and All Saints, um, Airedale and Wharfdale College, actually part of Trinity and All Saints, um, for two days a week, and I was placed in an agency for the rest of the time. But it was brilliant, and it was only a course that ran for two years, and I don't really know why it never got the funding to run past the time that I was there, because they weren't um, academics teaching you, so you were actually learning from heads of industry across PR, creative, marketing, production. Um, we were aligned to, we went in to see people like BT, we were in the big agencies in Leeds. It was a brilliant grounding for somebody like me who was really interested in, and I, I enjoyed art, I enjoyed um, language, not languages, because I was represent languages, but English. Um, and it just seemed to, um, it seemed to sort of pique my interest. And I was earning, so my mum was happy. Um, and I had a boyfriend, so that meant I didn't have to go away to university. Um, and um, yeah, it was a really good way. Uh, and it was actually, at the time, it was frowned upon a little bit doing a YTS. You were seen as being a bit thick. Um, or you clearly didn't do well at school. But I never really had that kind of feeling because it didn't feel like it was a dead-end job. It, it was like a gateway into something that, unless I'd have done two or three years at university, I wouldn't have been able to get that level of grounding. So yeah, that's how I started. Cool. And um, and I guess sort of you know like you say that it was it was a little bit frowned upon in terms of it was seen as the the route you went to if you couldn't go to university rather than I think nowadays yeah that's I, agree. I think it was still that kind of perception even when I was at college um, it wasn't until I did the research and found out that because I, I feel like people always associate apprenticeships with kind of the more trade industry like whether you're a plumber electrician. But then when I when I actually looked into it myself, because it wasn't kind of talked about in college, it was all, always, well, you're obviously going to go to university, that's what the next step is. There was so much more, like obviously I did an apprenticeship in digital marketing, but there was so much more than that. So I, yeah, I didn't see, I didn't have the perception of it, but I, I do agree that some people saw it as, are oh, you doing an apprenticeship because you couldn't get into uni? Yeah. Oh. Which is a shame, isn't it? Because yeah. we all know doing what we do and working with the clients we work with that there's some fantastic opportunities out there now yeah. for apprentices and you can get a degree through the apprenticeship route and obviously earn while you learn and save on the funding. Um, I mean, I guess in, in each of your experiences, and obviously it's very different based on the time that you, you were starting your careers, um, what, what do you think were the real advantages of doing that over university? What do you think you perhaps were able to achieve that you might have missed out on if you'd have gone down a more traditional route? I think from my perspective, I think the uh, the vocational aspect of actually earning, um, earning, which is great, and I'm earning not that much, but um, really learning a, a trade. And you think about some of the people that go through sort of chartered marketing and marketing degrees, the reality is they, they bounce off a degree three years down the line, and then they 
get paid very little unless they're going to graduate scheme get paid very little in an industry whereby it takes them at least five six seven years to get to the point where they've cut the teeth enough to be seen as being credible enough to go in front of clients it was a fast track for me so um i think when you're working and when you're involved in any kind of apprenticeship or as a young person coming into the world of work um, people put their arms around you and they don't necessarily see that you've got any privilege they don't see that you have any high expectations because you've not gone to university and therefore I spent three years learning and I did demand this role they appreciate the coming in at the ground level and I think for an older generation that has a lot of stall and it has a lot of gravitas and I think people will are more likely to put your arms around you know the young talent of today and, and help them on their journey so I think it's a really great way not for everybody you know, I'm encouraging my son to go to university more than anything else for life experience. Um, you know, we live in a small village and, and it's great, but I know his world needs to be opened up. So I think more than anything, that's where I'd like him to be. Not really about the education, because I know he'll do okay whatever he turns his hand to. So it's quite an interesting sort of dynamic that. And Shirley, what do you think? I mean, obviously, very different in terms of, like you say, not as many opportunities for girls when you were leaving school. Mm-hmm. Um, so going through that training route, you know, how, how do you feel that kind of advanced you in a way that... Um, I believe that I had to work harder when I got into a, a role and I knew that I had to earn a man's wage because my husband was so much older than me. So I had to go down the route of working twice as hard, longer hours... And I worked away from home and this, that and other, but it paid off because everybody treated me then as an equal and I were getting a man's wage and quite a good man's wage and I retired when I were 54, which proved that you don't have to go to university if you've got some common sense and some work ethics, you're grounded. Yeah. And that's it. <laughs> And Sass, I guess from your point of view, it's all quite current and a lot of your friends will just be leaving university yeah. now. How do you feel your life experience so far has given you advantages over those who... Yeah, so I guess experience is the... I think that's the biggest thing. Because um, like you say, just recently friends have been graduating, you know, they have you know they might have had a job, but that was kind of just to keep them going, living, you know, in halls or whatever. Um, but yeah, I just feel like I've had so much experience and I've learnt so much, so much more than... I genuinely think I would have learned sat in a classroom um, and it's funny even when I was doing my apprenticeship I tended to be I did a week every month um, and I found that I, I'd already kind of touched upon what I was learning kind of in the theoretical side already learned it whilst being on the job um, but also for me it's I think confidence I think that's been the another biggie for me because um, I was quite shy at school quite shy in college and um, but kind of coming into the chatter environment in particular <laughs> it really brings people out of their shell and yeah I think I've done a lot of stuff that I probably if I, if you were to ask me like four or five years ago I wouldn't have thought I'd have ever done it so yeah I, I don't I don't regret anything that's for sure but um yeah I think it's for me personally it was the best route that I took. I think it's interesting as well so I'm just picking up on my mum's point um, and mum saying she needed to um, by the way Shelley is my mum <laughs> I really didn't understand what the dynamics were <laughs> um, 
having to earn a man's wage and growing up in a different generation to what I grew up in. Um, but I had a role model and a really, um, a really um, successful professional woman, and I didn't see a difference between men and women. I didn't see, I didn't see myself as being inferior to a guy, or I didn't feel like I was earning less. And the reality was, if I'd have found out I'd have earning, I was earning less, I'd have been straight to the boss and you know knocking on his door because I had a brilliant role model. I had somebody who was doing, you know. Uh, yeah, would I? You know, it doesn't. It didn't. A picture didn't need to be painted for me because I was living that life on a day-to-day basis. So it's interesting the kind of dynamic between yeah. our generations, and you know, for you not even thinking about uh, a woman in the workplace, whatever. But my mum sort of talking about actually coming into the world of work, and women didn't do this and didn't earn and and had to sort of work hard to progress. It's interesting how we're not even really talking about that now because it's just not for us. It's not really a thing. Yeah, definitely. And and obviously the, the, the whole apprenticeship route has changed over the years. You know, modern apprenticeships are quite different. But it's interesting, Sass mentioning, that there's still an expectation that perhaps they are linked to a trade rather than a more professional sort of white collar in old-fashioned terms career, uh, you know, sort of trade. So how, you know, from what you've all witnessed over your careers, how do you think that that whole market in terms of training and, and where people start in early careers has differed? I still think it's kind of like it used to be. You know, and I'm, I'm speaking from experience right now because my son's got a choice of going to a couple of different um, colleges and one will be better for him if he takes a particular route um, and there's some vocational stuff aligned to that and one is a traditional A-level college which is academically led um, and there's not a lot of crossover between the two. So I think a lot of institutions are still set up like old polytechnics or Russell Group Universities to to play to the strengths of whether you're an academic learner or whether you want to go down the vocational route. So I, I don't think it's changed massively. I think one of the things that would need to happen moving forward is there needs to be much more bleed because whether you are, whether you think creatively or logically or analytically or whether you want to be a biochemist or you want to be a sports um, therapist, the reality is you should be playing in the same space and you should be learning in the same spaces because I think the education system is what demarks it as opposed to us as individuals because I think we realise that, you know, a vocational qualification versus an educa- uh, versus a traditional academic qualification is just as valid because it has such so much, you know, just as much weight in the workplace, albeit just in slightly different places, if that makes any sense whatsoever. <laughs> I think it does. And... You know, how, how popular are apprenticeships in sort of real-term experience? Again, we look at it sometimes from a client point of view and it seems like they're really up and coming and, you know, we see our clients get lots and lots of applications to the schemes that they run, but obviously it's not promoted at college in your experience, Askip. And how, how many of your friends went down that route versus the university route? Well, I think at first, um, even though, like I mentioned, I got the unconditional offer at Leeds Beckett, I, it was quite early on when I kind of realised that I wanted to do an apprenticeship and like I said kind of took it into my own hands to do the research I think I'd graduated college and there was there was kind of a few months where I was kind of working in a little cafe where I was still trying to find my feet but I think at that time I think actually all of my friends were going to uni but it's funny because a couple of them actually dropped out and decided to then take the apprenticeship route because they they realized that that's actually not for them. I think they almost felt like they were still in school in a way and they kind of, they wanted to get stuck into something and 
just have that little change in dynamic because I think they expected something a bit different to what they got. I'd, these particular friends, I don't think they actually moved away for university, which I think, like you said, Lisa, is the biggest part of university is the experience. Um, so it's funny. At first, it was just me. And all my friends were so supportive, but there was part of me that thought, oh, maybe they were thinking, well, why aren't you going to uni? It's You know, it's the obvious choice, but it's funny that now... A couple of friends actually found that that was the route for them as well and decided to you know look into what their options were and it's a bit of a contentious one I can probably guess the answer but do you do any of you have any regrets about not staying in education for longer in formal education for longer you could do have your time again <laughs> I think the only thing I would say I regretted I think I would have really enjoyed the uh, university experience I would have yeah, done I know I would have loved it um, but it just, the timing wasn't right. I, I had a boyfriend at the time. I was earning money. And even, I think I might have been in my early 20s, I re-looked at going to Loughborough to be a PE teacher. Um, but I was earning decent money at that point and I was starting to progress in my career. And it just, yeah, it wasn't um, it wasn't sort of the right time. But no, I can't really say that. I, apart from, you know, missing a few parties. <laughs> yeah, no. I miss <laughs> Yeah, you've been I've never missed a party in your life. They were at 14 year old. Do you know what might be interesting actually? Because we and mum have had a few conversations like this because my mum's take on people uh, going to university and um, getting a job is very different to mine. So you're all for people doing work, aren't you? you it's a big driver for you. Think you that, think that kids should be not be forced into education to 18 you think working at 16 would be a really good thing well I think my personal opinion that 16 year old the struggle to know what they want to do oh 100% so I, I believe that for the next two years up to them being 18 year old they should go on for six months of convent into any area that well two areas that they think they want to go into and one area that the teachers say they're better at and the last six months, they do six months purely on what they actually want to do. Mm-hmm. And I think it's so sad for the children nowadays. I think, that was a, I think that was actually a part of it for me, why I didn't go to university, because I wasn't sure what I wanted to do. I didn't want to waste the next three years doing a subject that might not come of anything, because, well, we've got some people here at Chatter who did degrees that really have nothing to do with what we do. Um, most people I know yeah (laughs) so I think that that is definitely kind of a driver for me to do something a bit different because I had no idea what I wanted to do and I just thought getting real life experience would be more valuable at that time and it just happens that you know quite like what I'm doing now (laughs) still around (laughs) (laughs) Um, and we've kind of touched upon this already but in terms of talking to others talking to children grandchildren siblings friends who are at that point of making that choice about whether they go down you know you know there has been a fundamental change with universities because of the fees so I did go to university I didn't have to worry about racking up a load of debt in terms of fees racked up enough in terms of drinking money but um you know, it's, it's much more of a considered choice now from, from that point of view. So what what would be your advice to, you know, say friends and family in that position now? Uh, again, it's quite pertinent because it's, you know, it's happening to me right now. Um, my son is def- definitely not ready for the workplace. <laughs> I mean, you know, um, apprenticeship, putting him on a building yard or anything that would require him to 
uh, roll his sleeves up and get stuck in at this point in his life is probably not going to be him. But um, I think he needs a couple of years to get his head into college. Um, and I think university will do him good because I think it will hone what he wants to do moving forward. I wouldn't necessarily have the same advice for some of my nephews who are far more geared towards doing some... One of my nephews is a kind of farmer, really. He works on a farm, doesn't he? Yeah. And he did an agricultural apprenticeship. Is it an agriculture? Yeah, I went to college in an agricultural apprenticeship. So for him, absolutely, that was the right route to go down. So I just think it depends on the individual. I don't think there's a right or wrong answer. I think it depends on the individual and what you think they're going to get from it. But I can personally tell you that um, Louis will not be working uh, in any full-time employment until he's in his early 20s because I just don't think he's that way inclined <laughs> yet. Yeah, I think I agree. Um thinking of like my brother and sister who are you know a bit younger so not probably thinking about that just yet but I don't know I think it is because I didn't have the pressure from kind of parents or anyone to go to university or anything like that I just said just do whatever you want to do like do your research because I'm fully aware that you know in college it tends to be university that's kind of recommended and encouraged so i I'd say just, you know, take your own initiative to see what else is out there. Don't just go down the route that everyone else is doing because it was daunting for me. There was part of my part of me that thought, oh, maybe I should go to uni because that's what all my friends are doing. But I just kind of thought, oh, no, I don't have to go with the flow, which I was so used to doing throughout school. I wasn't no, by no means a leader. I was very much a sheep. <laughs> um, so, yeah, just do what you feel is right, but don't just rely on the resources at school because a bit one-sided. Um, and just one final question just obviously it's um, International Women's Day in March and um, you know we've talked about how times have changed in the workplace um, for, since Shirley back, began her career um, but it's just in, it would be just interesting to hear you know all of your take on how much you think um, apprenticeships really open the door for girls potentially um, from you know thinking about things like social mobility to have more opportunities than, than they might do if, if they might have had previously so just interested to hear your thoughts on how how good apprentice, apprenticeships are for girls in particular um i think employers um and have been for a few years now um, recognizing the need to have a really diverse group of people working within their businesses um and i think that's opened the doors to apprenticeship providers the government um, educational institutions to think about how they can respond to a lack of women in stem subjects for example so i think that's something that's happening um um pretty much now um i also think that you know we've also we're in a different generation now so i don't have girls and i know fiona you do have have girls and you're a strong woman and i think your girls will recognize there are lots more opportunities um for women now going into the workplace and going into education whether it's an apprenticeship or whether they decide to go down the university route and i think we as parents and as women have um a really strong role to play in helping and enabling our children to understand what that looks like as well as the government and everybody else that supports our, our children for their future. Um, I do think there's a lot more opportunity and there's a lot more um, flexibility around the type of apprenticeships that you can do. So whether you go in and do something which leads to a degree or whether it's something a little bit more vocationally led, there's a boatload more choice out there for people. So I think I think that's a really good thing and I think um, they're far more promoted than they've ever been. You don't have to rely on your careers advisor um, board anymore. They're all over the place. So kids are on social media that's what they're doing day in day out and um 
you know, they're asking us questions around um, stuff that they've seen and how they might be interested in stuff. So it's less about the parents pushing them down a particular route or be encouraging them. But I think they are far more informed than we were. And I don't think they're reliant on the education system to keep them informed, in my opinion. Yeah, I agree. I think, like I kind of touched on before, um, you know, it always used to be perceived that apprenticeships would be kind of the more manual trade um which you would associate with a man doing that kind of job so i think the opportunity to do for instance a digital marketing apprentice is just it's just it's just amazing the kind of opportunities that you can do an apprenticeship now and um this applies to both men and women but i feel like as an apprentice which i think you touched on least that when i certainly when i joined chatter i just felt no expectation at all i came in and i was just i was given the opportunity to just touch on every aspect of the business and learn at my own pace and I think yeah I think if I came in as a graduate there, there is that certain level of expectation because you've got three years behind you you're almost expected to perform in a certain way but because I just left college and I was an apprentice I think it really opened my eyes and gave me the opportunity to grow at my own pace but then also prove myself as well um so yeah I I'm all for apprenticeships. <laughs> I'm all for apprenticeships. I think that on-job learning is it's it's paramount for their mm-hmm. health and well-being and getting into the working with people, getting the other people, sort-minded people like yourself mm-hmm. around them, encouraging them. But I think when they go to university, some some children, albeit young adults can't cope with that there's too much pressure on them whereas if they if they're that way inclined an apprenticeship is absolutely brilliant for them because they are as you said being eased into the the role mm-hmm. and you're learning on the job even though it's a daunting thing going straight into work it's it's actually not because you have that support network around you you're not you know you're not just being expected to jump straight into a role which requires experience you you know it is noted that you are an apprentice and you have you know you don't have that experience behind you so you're in you know you're supported to gain that experience and the skills that you need so I also think um lastly I think we're at a point now whereby you know over the last couple of years if you think about the gender pay gap you think about things that have happened in the in the within the UK um and people being put on a level organisations actively making sure that they go out and recruit women into their business where there's been an imbalance before we're seeing this massive sea change so your three daughters are going to grow up in an environment and in a workplace where it just won't be a thing so I think apprenticeships will be for all across all sorts of you know um, opportunities across all genders and um, yeah I think it's a really interesting time Thank you, ladies, for your time. I hope everyone has found this podcast interesting. Cheers. Bye-bye. Bye. (laughs) Thanks for listening to this episode of Chattercast. Check us out on LinkedIn, Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook at We Love Chatter. Or visit our website, welovechatter.com. And remember, keep an ear out for our next episode where you can listen to more chatter on everything from employer brands, people comms, and talent management. See ya.